Hello again, everyone, and thanks for joining us on Club 46, driven by Bridgestone. I'm Jay Crawford, pleased and thrilled to be sitting down today with one of the all-time great Cleveland Browns defensive linemen and just really all-around great guy, Michael Dean Perry. Welcome to Club 46. It is great to see you again. I have to start by saying you look exactly like you did when you played football. <laughs> you look great, my friend. Well, Jay, you are, you are, you are too kind. I... <laughs> Might have put on a few little pounds somewhere else, but overall, I uh, I continue to work out and try to keep everything uh, south of 300, put it that way. Well, you look great. You really well, thanks. do. I, well, thanks. I appreciate it. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to go back to your early days in South Carolina and then on at Clemson and, and finally the Cleveland Browns and even what you're doing in your post-football life. But I want to start by asking you for your favorite memory during your time with the Cleveland Browns. And I know you had so many, you had some disappointments, but uh, boy, you had so many brilliant moments. What stands out, Michael Dean, for you as your greatest memory with Cleveland? Well, you know what? I would have to go back and say my first sack was uh, against uh, the New York Jets. We had played uh, Pittsburgh the week before. And I had about two or three tackles for a loss. And I'm like, man, I haven't had a sack. I haven't got a sack. I haven't got a sack. And sure enough, uh, when we played the Jets at home, and uh, I was thrilled to get my first sack in the NFL. You never forget that first one, do you? You never do. <laughs> do you yep. remember it living up to what you thought it would be be like? Um, not really. I, I really just wanted to come in and contribute. I had no uh, expectations. I just wanted to come in, do my very best, and whatever happened, happens. And uh, fortunately, I uh, was a you know pretty decent player in my day. Yeah, more than pretty <laughs> decent. I want to start by going back to the very beginning, growing up in Aiken, South Carolina. Um, obviously, you, you came from a, a very athletic family. Your brother, William, also. Um, would become a, a future NFL star. What was life like in the early years for Michael Dean Perry? Life was very competitive. Um, as you know, I am the uh, last of uh, 12 children, eight, boy, eight boys and four girls. So we were very competitive. People always have always asked me, Michael, who was your um, favorite player? Who did you model your game after? And I tell everybody, it's my older brothers because I think Michael Jordan had said it about Larry, his brother. He said, if, if I could beat Larry, I could pretty much beat anybody. And so that was, that was my mindset with my uh, older brothers. I, I always wanted to beat those guys. And I think that, that drove me to, uh, to the type of player I was because, I mean, they were, as a matter of fact, William and I probably weren't the best two athletes in the family. My brother, uh, Holly, they said it was pretty athletic. And then, my brother Daryl, he was a—he uh, was a great athlete. So, out of the, out of the, out of the eight, we we probably maybe in the middle. <laughs> can you, if you can you believe think, that, um, <laughs> Michael? Where do you think the athletic ability comes from? Did it come more from mom or from dad? Do you think? No doubt, it came from my mother. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Older older individuals that I talked to, she said your mother was a great basketball player. She was a great uh, defensive player. And uh, she just had all the tools. My, my, my father played a little baseball, but uh, our athleticism came from our mother. Yeah. yeah. What was it like, Michael, growing up in a home with, with 12 children? 
It was crowded. It was. <laughs> I, can, I can I can remember many of days we uh, we lived right across the street from a um, a um, athletic center, Smith Hazel, and so they had basketball, swimming, they had um, shuffleboard, so all the games that you would normally play at a recreation center. And uh, I can remember many a times that uh, either my nephew or if I was at home, my mother would say, hey, go tell your brothers that uh, dinner is ready. So <laughs> you better believe with 12 kids, it was a beeline to the dinner table. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 yeah. That, and we didn't, hey, 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 and we didn't believe in uh, saving anybody any food. So first come, first serve. <laughs> I was just going to say, you want to see competition. <laughs> that was. But it, you know what? It was it was a lot of love in that house, and uh, you know what? It was great. And I'm just going off you and William. I'm sure as young, growing men, you guys could put it away. I cannot begin to imagine the grocery bill for a family of that size. Michael, it must have been immense. I can remember that my mother would go to the uh, to the grocery store twice a week. You know how most people would go once a week and that'd be enough. Sure. No, she would probably go on Saturday and then again on Wednesday. I mean, wow. we, would, we, would, we would go through probably two or three boxes of cereal a day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder how much bread and milk in a, in a week you, your family must have just blown through it. Oh, absolutely. Nothing, nothing lasted in that, uh, in that house. But thank what you, good Lord, the that uh, we were able to... Uh, you know, they were able to provide for us. You know, we never yeah. were hungry. We always had food on the table. It wasn't as much as we wanted, but we always <laughs> had food on the table. <laughs> when did you, Michael, find out that you were gifted as an athlete, that you were different than the other kids? Believe it or not, Jay, I really didn't think I was that good of an athlete. Like I said before, my uh, older brother, they were uh, much better athletes than I was. And it probably came my junior, senior season at Clemson. Yeah, yeah. A scout for the uh, Chicago Bears uh, came to, uh, to see some other uh, players at Clemson. And uh, he pulled me aside. He said, uh, Michael Dean, I think you're probably better than um, Steve McMichael right now. And, you know, William being in Chicago, and I'm like, yeah, okay, he's just blowing smoke, you know, just giving me a compliment. And I, yeah, and I saw that guy several years later, and we laughed about it. But it wasn't until that moment, and then Coach Ford kicked me out of practice my senior season uh, during the uh, spring practice. So we started practice in the stadium, and uh, the first five or six plays, I had like four sacks, uh, tackles for a loss. And so Coach Ford kicked me out of uh, out of practice, and then I said, "Okay, well maybe, you know, I'm pretty decent at this game." But kicked yeah, you out because it, it, was, it, it wasn't until late. It wasn't until late, huh? Kicked you out because you were just being too disruptive to the offense. Yep, absolutely. Kicked me out <laughs> of practice, and I, and I thought I thought I was in trouble because he yelled at me, "Michael Dean, get out of here! I can't get nothing. To, get out of here!" I'm like, "Okay, what did I do?" But that's what had happened. I had about three or four sacks and. Couple's tackle for a loss, and he kicked me out of practice. And that's when I kind of figured out, you know what, I, I might be okay. How did you um, fall into a love affair with sports? How old were you, and what was your first sport? 
you know what? I would have been the biggest point guard in NBA history. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm serious. Did you have I thought, what? I I used to play with the uh, Browns uh, basketball team in the offseason. And um, yeah, I could uh, I could I could put it in there from about well three point range. That was no problem. Some of the guys that played with me, you uh, you run into them, ask them about my my uh, basketball skills. They'll let you know. But a yeah, point I can, I can fill it up, huh? But a point I handle, guard, I could I could handle the rock, Jay. Believe it or not, I can handle the rock, and wow. I can shoot it, and I can shoot it. So. You're, were you a basketball player first as a my kid? First my first love was basketball. Wow. I know. And now, you know what? And you know what probably helped me uh, in, my, uh, in my football career? Just the mere fact, like I said, I was the youngest, so I always had to try and live up or, or be just as good as the guys I was, I was playing against, and they were always older. And I would have to guard smaller guys. As big as I was, I had to guard smaller guys. So that helped my uh, my feet and my quickness and my agility. I would say so, because <laughs> if you're guarding point guards, uh, yeah. how big were you when you graduated high school, Michael? I was uh, 265, 6'1", 265. And then, I gained another, and then I gained another 20 pounds my first year at Clemson. Yeah, that was the, that was the worst year. You know what, Jay? That was the that was the worst year of my uh, football uh, career. You know why? Because they redshirted me. I didn't want to. I, I didn't want to be redshirted. And uh, you know, Coach Ford at the time, we had like three seniors uh, on the team, so I wasn't going to get much playing time. But I was I was hot. I was I was ready to, to transfer because <laughs> they redshirted me. I hate I'm surprised. Day. I'm hated surprised. That you know, they, they knew of your family lineage. How much did mm -hmm. that hurt or help you in the early days? Well, it hurt in the beginning, but then that was a driving force when I came back, you know, for the uh, for the fall practice or the spring practice, because it was me and another guy that were um, uh, fighting for the um, the starting defensive end um, job. Right. Yeah. What was so, your recruitment like in high school? Were you recruited at all as a basketball player? No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, when I when I when I kept growing wide instead of up, then I knew my uh, options were limited. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so what no, was your recruitment? Actually, like? actually, uh, I broke my ankle. Check this out, Jay. I broke my ankle dunking a volleyball at practice. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how much. I, that's how much I love. I love basketball. So a lot of schools uh, backed off because I didn't play, I think like two, maybe two games, two or three games my senior season. So a lot of, a lot of schools backed off, South Carolina, University of South Carolina, Clemson, and a couple of um, smaller schools like a Wofford, Citadel. But yeah, a lot of schools backed off. So I wasn't nearly um, highly recruited at, like, like William. I think, what did... a, I think he was the number one recruit coming out of high school. Wow, no kidding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What did William's previous experience with Clemson, how did that weigh into your decision to go there? Well, it was quite easy, Jay. Of course, you know, the first year he attended Clemson, they won the national championship and, and they continued to win. So that atmosphere you wanted to be a part of. So it was a, it was a very easy decision. Because, like I said, many uh, uh, colleges recruiting me, 
And at the time, of course, that was the best option. So that was an easy decision for me. Right. So what was your um, what was your transition like from being a standout in high school who had to sit and watch his senior year because of a crazy dunking volleyball accident <laughs> to yeah. um, being redshirted at Clemson. What was that period of time like for you? It had to be difficult, I would imagine. Yeah, yes, it was. And I think what compounded it, even though I was redshirted, just like I said, I didn't play much my senior season. So really, I didn't play in a game type situation for about two years. So I was, and that's why I was so frustrated when I got redshirted because I was anxious and I was ready to play. So that just made it more difficult. And, but you know what? It made me a better uh, young man. Adversity, I learned to overcome very quickly. Well, that which doesn't kill kill us makes us stronger, right? Yep. Hey, absolutely. absolutely. So, did you have conversations with your older brother about? the fact that you were thinking about leaving Clemson because of what was going on? How, how did those talks go? No, I didn't talk to him about that. I talked to Coach Ford. Yeah. And he didn't want to hear any of that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. No, no, I wasn't. So anyway, uh, GA to come and talk with uh, myself. And there was another another individual who, uh, who, who passed several years ago, my roommate. And uh, we were both like, man, we, we ready to go because we wanted to play. But, uh, you know, we... We had that conversation with Coach Ford, but he wasn't hearing any of it. So we kind of bit the bullet and stayed, and, you know, the rest is history. Bridgestone knows you want the same thing from your tires as you do from the Cleveland Browns. Clutch performance when it matters most. That's why Bridgestone DriveGuard tires are built with the resilience to withstand bumps, bruises, even nails. Engineered to drive up to 50 miles after a flat, they're designed with the sole purpose of getting you where you need to go. Bridgestone, official tire of the NFL. What was that sophomore season like for you when you finally get out there and you're ready to you're ready to wreak havoc on on the ACC? You you know what it was like, Jay. I was at a uh, convenience store. Uh, I think it was Thursday, and the guy recognized me in the uh, store, and he said, "Man, that's gonna be great seeing Chris on the same field Saturday." And I like, wow, yeah, I guess that would be pretty amazing. And uh, and it was, it was, it was. That was the only year that we uh, actually played together because, of course, I was very sure in 83 my first year. But uh, finally getting out there and playing uh, in 84 with him, it was uh, it, it was great. Yeah. yeah. What, how would you characterize your time at Clemson as you look back? Um, I would characterize it as a, as, as a very positive uh, learning, growing, maturing, all the things that you want to happen, you know, when you're going in as a 17-year-old kid and coming out as a 22-year-old uh, young man. So uh, I think the, the maturation process uh, did me well. Some of the uh, adversity I had to face early on because while I was at Clemson, I also uh, broke my ankle again. And I had to set out a lot of the... Um, the 85 season, because they moved me from, from defensive end to outside linebacker. Yeah, and uh, that's when I uh, broke my ankle in the, uh, in the preseason, the fall practice. And so it was you know, up and down. So, you know, I faced a little adversity and learned how to uh, cope with it and, uh, you know, made you stronger. 
Let's forget about the football, Michael Dean Perry, for a second. How was Michael Dean Perry, as a 22-year-old leaving Clemson, different from the 17, 18-year-old Michael Dean Perry that showed up at Clemson four years earlier? Oh, my God. How should I answer that? Well, I, 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 I tell you what, I was, I, was, uh, I was very naive coming from a small town. I didn't have much exposure to, to much of anything. Um, didn't get on a uh, plane until I flew with the team somewhere. So, yeah, my, um, my exposure to, to the world was, was very limited. So leaving Clemson and being on my own, uh, that was a, um, it was an eye-opening experience, but one that I welcomed because I was, I was ready to go and uh, make my dinner to the world, you know, my contribution. Did you, Michael, have a, um, have a favorite memory during your time at Clemson? My favorite uh, memory. You know, I, um, I got ragged. I was a senior, and I got ragged by my teammates one particular uh, game. So they would highlight a senior every game. You know, they talk about the, uh, the player, then they would interview the mother or father. So this particular day, they were interviewing my mother. And so they asked her a question and she gave the answer. And she said, well, you know, I always looked like Michael, as, especially because he was my baby. Oh, <laughs> Lord. My, 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 my teammates never let me forget that. Oh, baby Mike, baby Mike. Like, hey, you're not allowed to say that. That's my mother. <laughs> but yeah, they, 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 ragged, they ragged me about that for, for, for a minute. But it was all, it was all fun. It was all fun. Very, very good. <laughs> but yeah, I had great memories at Clemson. Uh, you know, playing against Georgia, playing against uh, North Carolina, you know, our rivalry game. So uh, my time at Clemson was, was, was great. Uh, yeah. I, I don't regret it one bit. Yeah. What was your transition like getting ready to leave Clemson and getting set to be an impact player and a high draft pick in the NFL what was that pre-draft period like for you um my my road to uh to the NFL um was rocky because like I said I didn't know until coach forward you know threw me out of practice I had a you know good idea that you know what? I might be, uh, you know, somewhat decent player in this in this league, but my draft. One of a few of the scouts told me they said, Michael Dean, if you were a six four, you'd probably be a top three pick. But because I was only six one and played defensive end, they uh, that was that was a negative when uh, when teams looked at uh, drafting me. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't a very smooth transition, and you know I didn't know if if, if I was going to make the team. I mean, even though I was the second uh, second round draft pick, I was the 50th player, and of course, that's no guarantee. And uh, you know, I just continued to work hard. How I, I won my uh, starting job as a rush in was uh, a practice that uh, I kept going against the uh, the number one guys, the, the starters. And I kept beating them in pass rush drills. So they said, hey, you know what? This guy can at least pass rush. Let's put him on the field. That's yeah. how I got my start. Yep, that's exactly how. Very nice. 
Yeah. What was your drafting experience like? It's the, the, the draft is such a beast and an animal all its own now. Um, it was just really becoming what it is today around the time that you were going into it. But right. now there's so much fanfare around it. What was your draft day experience like, Michael? Well, like I said, Jay, it wasn't, it wasn't very good. I would probably surmise my draft day experience like um, Thurman Thomas. See, Thurman and I came out the, uh, the same year, 88. And as you know, Thurman uh, was projected to be, you know, a high draft pick. And they had the camera. They had the cameras there, and they was waiting for that call. He's waiting for that call, and I can remember that day. I'm like, oh my God, I, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes because the anticipation and thinking that you were going to get drafted higher than you were, and and that's how I was to some degree. Even though I I knew I wasn't going to be a you know a top three, top five pick, I I would be maybe a, a late first rounder. So what happened, Jay? After the first round was over. I stopped watching the draft. Wow, really? Yeah, I stopped watching the draft. I got a call with Marty Schottenheimer and Ernie Corsi called and said, hey, we drafted you. I said, and okay. What was your reaction? Big smile. <laughs> it was <laughs> over, big smile. <laughs> and what but yeah, did that, was my, that was my draft day experience. It was, uh, it was uh, bittersweet. Bridgestone knows you want the same thing from your tires as you do from the Cleveland Browns. Performance when it matters most. Which is why Bridgestone tires are built for just that. Whether it's driving up to 50 miles to safety after a flat, confident control in wet conditions, or the dependability of an 80,000-mile limited warranty, Bridgestone's roster of tires has got you covered. Bridgestone, official tire of the NFL. Conditions apply. See BridgestoneTire.com slash warranty for details. What did a young man from Aiken, South Carolina, know about Ohio or Cleveland? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. When I, uh, when I uh, reported for uh, training camp, Jay, and I uh, took that, that Route 77, and I was going through Virginia, West Virginia, and I saw those mountains, I said, oh, my God, I'm going I'm to I'm run off this cliff. I mean, I was, I was scared to death. That was my first, you know, like I said, uh, going anywhere. And uh, I, was driving, I was driving up those mountains. I was so scared. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first impression of Cleveland when you got into town and you started looking around? What did you think? Uh, I thought it was, you know, like I, I'd never been anywhere. So it was kind of old. I, I guess that's the, that's the word I would I would uh, use, right? Type place, which older industrial old, city. That's what is not right, exactly. Yeah. So that was my first so, impression. Do you remember your first training camp experience? Oh yeah, yeah. What was that like? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Uh, what was funny? Um, Dan Fike. If you remember Dan Fike, played his offensive lineman with the uh, with the Browns. So my first uh, pass rush drill, I went up against uh, Dan Fike. And, of course, I played defensive end in college, but I played three technique, which is outside shade of the guard, you know, when I, uh, when I got to Cleveland. Well, I played both. But anyway, he was, a, he was an offensive guard, so I went against him. So I beat him like two or three times. And he was so pissed, you wouldn't believe he said, I can't believe this rookie beat me. This rookie beat me. That's all you heard. Really? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But oh. as it turned out, I wasn't just no average rookie, so. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> at that point, you had to be thinking, gee, maybe that scout from the Bears knew what he that's, was talking about. Hey, you were, you, were, you were exactly right, Jay. That's exactly what I thought. I said, oh, okay, we well, you know what? It's not as bad as I thought. Because you hear all the stories, you know, the NFL and, you know, the, the players in the NFL are much. And, and you know what? They were absolutely true. I mean, I'll put it to you this way, Jay. You know how sometimes you watch a football game and you may see an offensive lineman getting beat uh, on a regular basis. And you said, oh, man, you know what? He got to be the Cyrus. He's the worst ever. Didn't he? Let me tell you something. Think about Jay. That offensive lineman, that is he gets beat by another player, he's still probably in the 1% of individuals who make it to that, uh, that level. Think, think, about, think about that. You know, when you verbally abuse, when you verbal, hey, when you verbally abusing some of those guys, just, just remember now, some of those guys they're going against are very, very good. So it may, they may make those guys look a little, you know, but those guys are still pretty talented. Nothing drives me more crazy than going to a professional sporting event and listening to a fan berate <laughs> someone down on the field. Because yeah. I played sports my whole life. Right. I understand how truly gifted and talented the last, mm -hmm. the 53rd yep. man on that roster has right. more talent and ability in his pinky finger mm -hmm. than the fan who's been abusing it, that, that player verbally all day. It drives me nuts. Exactly. It Man, it's, 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 like, it's, like, it's like night and day. It's like night and day. The best, um, the best remark I ever heard from a, a coach was uh, my defensive line coach in, uh, in Denver when I went to Denver. And uh, his name was George. And so this rookie was in the uh, meeting room and he was going on and on. You know what? I should have beat that guy. I should have used this move. I should have done this. So he cut the film off. He said, let me tell you something, rookie. Those guys on the other side, they get paid too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah, so do. Th those guys are pretty good too. So you're not going to just have your way with those guys. <laughs> Being a, uh, a rookie in an NFL training camp can be one of the most uncomfortable positions that most grown men ever find themselves in. What was that experience like for you? Well, every they said as far as veterans um, make the any and everything that is absolute true absolutely but you know what I went I went with the flow uh, and they kind of accepted me but yeah it was it was brutal you know you had to stand up in the middle of the uh, lunch room sing and dance and have a rookie skit and all I mean yep but it was fun, though. It was fun. It was fun. It was it was done out of love, I'm sure. Of course, yeah, tough. And, you, and, and when you and when you do, that, you get accepted. You no, know, they're like, okay, you know what? Because I hear about some of these guys, you know, well, I ain't doing this. I ain't, you know, I'm a rookie, but you can't treat me like that. Hey, everybody, everybody get hazed. I mean, that's just part of the uh, the ordeal. So and the you know make the it best easy part on is, yourself and just go with the flow, right? And the best part is, if you have a 10 year career, you get to dish it out for nine of them. Hey, that I did. And you know what <laughs> it was, Jack? Every time we went to a uh, away game, see, we yeah. didn't have, we, I didn't have Popeyes in my hometown. 
<laughs> so when I found out about Popeyes, that was the best thing ever. So whenever we have away trips, I would send the rookie to uh, make sure they had Popeyes chicken on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So I, I got my revenge. <laughs> what advice, Michael, would you give to rookies coming into the league now about how to navigate training camp? Um, I would tell rookies. I know the veterans probably give you a hard time and you probably think these guys don't like you because some of them, you are trying to take their job, but you know what? All they're trying, really, every veteran that I can remember always tried to help me out, you know? Really? Yeah, whether it's, hey, you know what? It's a long time. You might want to get in that uh, cold pool. You might want to do this. You might want to watch some more film. So it, it was always encouraging. And so I would, I would tell the, uh, the rookies coming in, you know, listen to the veterans because really they, 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 uh, they have your best interest at heart and they're, trying to, they're just trying to help. Do you remember what, what was your mindset about the skill set difference between college to the NFL? Were you blown away? Did you, were, you, were, you, um, did, did, were you unimpressed? What was going through your mind? I think um, – I wasn't blown away, and if I had to use one word, I would say gifted. Uh, every, everybody is gifted. It's the guys who work a little harder on their skill set end up becoming uh, much better professionals. For example, for example, I can't remember too often where I would work on something, whether it's in the run defense or passing situations, I'd never said that I really worked on what my strengths were. I was quick off the ball. I had, I had great speed up the field. So you know what I worked on? I worked on double teams. I worked on bull rush. You know, I worked on my skill set that I wasn't very good at. And by doing that, I had more tools in the toolbox so that, you know what, if they stop this one, hey, I'll go to this. And that's how it is. You know, it's like, I guess it's like, it's like martial arts. You know, it's a, you know, when someone throws a jab, you do this. When somebody kicks, you do this. I mean, it's just, it's a reaction. So I got it to, I got to the point that it was very reactionary. So whatever that's they how you did, make it to, uh, opposite. Huh? That's how you make it to six Pro Bowls. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. So, Tell me about your favorite memories um, as a Browns player. You played in some huge games. Um, they didn't always turn out the way you had hoped. But what were some of those defeats like in, in the AFC championship game? Yeah, well, you know, I only played in one. Uh, that was Boyd Carson's uh, first year. Okay. And, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, because, you know, you, you think that um, you have a opportunity to, you know, make it to the big game and to uh, suffer a defeat like that, it's, uh, it's pretty tough. Um, besides the AFC Championship game, I think the 1988 playoff game against the Oilers, we played them, I think, with the last game of the season, and then we had to play them in the wild card game in Cleveland, and we went back and looked at that film. I don't know if you remember, but Felix Wright, the safety, 
made a somebody made a hit and the ball bounced up. It should have been an interception, but they ruled incomplete. And that would have sealed a you know a victory for us. And you just never know what could have happened after that. But because we were we were riding pretty high. So yeah. that was a uh that was a uh heart wrenching game. After your years in Cleveland, you uh you end up with the Denver Broncos. And for so many Browns fans, that was so hard to see, man. I mean, you always look good in orange, bro. Whether it was Clemson orange yeah, and then yeah. Cleveland Browns orange. But so many of us had such a hard time looking at you in Denver Broncos orange. But, Jay, just look at it this way. It was a job. My heart, my heart was still in Cleveland. It was a job. You know, they was for those three years. So, um you know, I wanted I wanted to stay in Cleveland. I thought I would start and uh, end up in Cleveland, but um, it didn't work out that way. And uh, you know, I went to Denver, had a great time, and you know, rest is history. How do you look back on the fact that you didn't end up uh, playing your whole career in Cleveland? What are your thoughts on that today? Well, I mean, it's like I said, I I think Cleveland, as well as how I looked at way I was. Uh, the love affair that, uh, you know, you guys embraced me. Um, you guys were some of the, well, you probably guys were the best fans ever. You know, I tell people when we were three and 13, I can still remember 65,000 people showing up at Cleveland Brown Stadium. I said the fans were passionate. I enjoyed the city, enjoyed playing for Cleveland. And, uh, you know, I just, I just love being there. That's, that's always going to be my favorite. I only thing I wish, Jay, the only thing I wish, Jay, is they never got rid of the dog pound. God almighty. That's, that, that was a classic. Yeah. That was a classic. Oh, it's it's fun at the new stadium, but it's not the same. Yeah, it ain't the same. It ain't the same. But no. What do you what remember I when I say MDP and McDonald's? <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, hey, Jay, you know what I say? Heart attack on a bun. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's what I say. A heart attack on the bun. But uh, I did an engagement, an autograph signing at um, uh, Tower City, and these and these guys brought out. It had to be about maybe four feet in diameter. I mean, it was on these two two big rolling trays, and that was the biggest hamburger I have ever seen. <laughs> Oh my God! But it was it was fun though. Yeah. I for what it's worth, I enjoyed that sandwich. I thought it was yeah. tremendous. Well, I enjoyed it too, no doubt. <laughs> but it wasn't good. Couldn't for enjoy you. too many hey, of them. Hey, it, it was good, but it wasn't good for you. <laughs> Michael, what was it like for you when your career was over? What thoughts were going through your mind? Because that's always a very difficult time for all players. You know what, Jay? I um, I didn't have a hard time transitioning from playing in the NFL retiring. You know why? I asked Frank Minifield, I think it was my my rookie year or my uh, my second year, I can't remember exactly. But I asked Frank, I said, when do you know it's time to retire? And uh, you know what he told me? He said, when it takes you Sunday to Sunday, Ready to play? It's time to retire. And so I look at my career. My first year, if I played on Sunday, 
I could probably go out and play again on Monday. And and as the and as the years kept going, I play on Sunday. It took me Wednesday to get ready to play. So by the, so by the time tenth year came around, it actually took me from Sunday to Sunday to get ready for my body to feel that good to play. And you knew it was time. So I knew I knew it was time exactly. How has your post football life been? It's been great. I'm uh, enjoying the fruits of my labor. Um, I got a uh, granddaughter who's here visiting, so I spoil her to death. I got uh, four <laughs> girls, so life is life is pretty good for Michael Dean. How do you spend your days now? Actually, I get up, I do a little reading, do a little Bible study, I uh, work out, and I figure out what's going to be my meals for today. That's my toughest decision, Jay. Can you can you believe that? My toughest decision is what I'm gonna eat today. <laughs> Michael, can I tell you that's a great life? <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm not I'm not complaining one bit. <laughs> you see me smiling, don't you? <laughs> I you have that trademark smile and it's infectious. And uh, I'm sure you've been told that many times. Before we go, Michael, I'd like to give you an opportunity to speak directly to the Cleveland Browns fans who for so many years we're able to show you how we felt about you when you took that that field every Sunday. How do you feel about Browns fans? How do I feel about Browns fans? It's like a, a match made in heaven. I mean, from the first day that, um, you know, I put on that Browns uniform and went out and tried to do my very best, uh, even though that I got ridiculed probably a few times for jumping off sides. But other than, <laughs> other than that, uh, you know, Cleveland has always uh, welcomed me. They always showed me a lot of love, and I am uh, so grateful for the uh, for the love and compassion that you guys had for Michael Dean Perry in the time that he was there. And uh, the feeling is mutual. I had a great time in, in Cleveland, and if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing. Well, I can I can speak for all Browns fans when I say the offsides was always appreciated because it was a sign of your enthusiasm and the fact that you couldn't wait to get to that quarterback. Hey, 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 Jay, <laughs> hey, Jay, you know, I tell people, I said, at the end of the game, if I got more offsides than Tigers for a loss and sacks, then I had a very bad day. So, <laughs> hey, it didn't happen too often. <laughs> you take the good with the bad, my friend. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Well, Michael, uh, I know I speak for all of uh, Browns fans when I say it, it was so good to see you again, to catch up. You look fantastic. It was great hearing your stories. Thank you so much for all the time. Well, thank you, Jay. And I tell you what, I enjoyed playing with the Browns, being in Cleveland. The fans were great. And uh, I wouldn't change a thing if I had to do it all over again. Go and I, Browns. I think... I think we would love to have you all over again, too. It was, well, thanks. It was I appreciate fun. It. <laughs> so, Michael, we'll catch up soon. Thank you again, and thank you at home for watching Club 46, driven by Bridgestone. We hope you join us for another episode where we sit down with a current or former all-time great Cleveland Brown. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Jay Crawford, and we'll see you soon.